Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Liz. You know what? It is Valentine's Day. It is. We are recording on Valentine's Day. And it's been a while. It, it's been a while since we've recorded. I know. Mm-hmm. It's so good to be back. Yeah. We've had a little something called technology issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not a little something, a very large something. <laughs> and so getting our technology back on track has been a really important thing. And so here we are on Valentine's Day. Yes. We're using... Liz's technology instead of mine. That's right. Yeah. But luckily, it, it looks similar. It, it looks so. like mine. So, you know, I can sort of navigate it, Hopefully which is we can a miracle. It I know it. I know. You know what? It's okay to not, on this day of love, technology is not something either one of us have a really intimate relationship with. No. Absolutely not. <clears throat> so, yes. So, how have you been? Um... You know, it's been a very um, full past month. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot that goes on, but you know what? It's life, and that's what goes on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's been a lot of good, a lot of bad. I am cautiously optimistic about 2023 because I got to say, 2022 was friggin' hard. Yeah, and for it was me, a hard year. 2023 has has started pretty difficult. For me as well. Right. So we'll see how this year shapes up. But, you know, my my mom fell, yeah. broke her leg. And so there's been a lot of issues surrounding that, which has taken up a lot of my time. <clears throat> and um, and she doesn't live in town. She doesn't. And right. so traveling back and forth and trying to come up with now a schedule of how we're going to, as a family, uh, give her um, health, not health care, but... You know, support. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good way to say it. Yeah. So trying to come up with a schedule of who's going to be there, what days. <clears throat> and my sister and I, <clears throat> excuse me, my sister does the, the, the most of it. Um, so trying to share it with her so that it's not all on her. Yeah. Because that's not right. Isn't it beautiful, though, that your sister lives here? It is. Now. Yes. Because just a year ago, she was in a whole other state. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. um, So it's good. And how many siblings are there from your mom's side? There's three. There's three of us. There's three. Yeah. Yeah. I have a brother who actually lives in Sacramento, so he'll be part of the team. And he's helping out as mm -hmm. well. So um, trying to navigate through all that has been interesting. And let's see. On a good note, we're Building the wall. Now, <laughs> not that kind of wall, people. It's not that kind of wall. But we are soundproofing the wall between the school here and the bar, which I know we've talked about on our podcast. Right. Right. And um, so that's very exciting. Tomorrow they're going to paint it. I need to ch- choose a paint color. Actually, n- now. Right. You know, course. within the next five hours today, I got to have my butt to the hardware store and figure out what color 
I think black, but you and I should talk after we're off the air. I know, because it is a little theater, and so having know. the black box kind of uh, feel is probably the, the best thing to do for a theater, that's so that when the lights are off, there's just the focus on the stage. Right, that's kind and of No what reflection, I'm... not a lot of reflection. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of what I'm thinking. But... <clears throat> anyway, so that's, awesome. that's what's happening with me. I went. I took a little trip, went to Richmond, Virginia to visit my son. He and his wife live in a amazing 118 year old house oh my gosh and uh, richmond virginia is beautiful and um so carter and i went my daughter and i went had a great time and so yeah so lot lot lots going on i know so here we are just six weeks or so into mm-hmm. the new year and it's already been a pretty eventful year for it, for you for sure yeah it has. yeah <laughs> so. and uh for me you know it's just about supporting family i've got uh, you know four kids who even though they're adults, they, you know, they, they need still, you. well, they do, and they still need some support here and there, especially with a grandchild and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So that's kind of where we're at. Plus, I'm working part-time, and my husband still works full-time. So, you know, there's a lot going on, but it's all, it's all okay, because it's life. I have four beautiful children who are fairly close by, and, you know, I get to see them, mm-hmm. you know, on occasion. Well, then and your daughter? My daughter was just here. Our youngest was just here this past weekend, and and you know what? She just she just hung out. You know, she got to see some of the friends she hadn't seen in a few years. She made a point to just connect with some of those people. Because usually when she's here, there's a family, there's a holiday, right. or there's a birthday party, right. or there's something. There's you an know, event. There's an event. A reason to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this was no reason. Just mm-hmm. I just want to lay on my childhood couch and yeah. <laughs> watch some movies with mom and dad. And just hang out. And that's what she did. Nice. It was so delightful nice. to have her here. Because she just brings this incredible, peaceful, kind of tolerant, accepting energy mm-hmm. into the room. And um, her both of her brothers were here. And they just, you know, adore her. Both of them adore her. And um, so it was just lovely. We celebrated my birthday early. Okay. And so it was just lovely. It was just Your lovely. birthday's in... Just a, it's Sunday, this coming Sunday, yeah, five yeah, days. Yeah. yeah. I think I've told this before, but I was due on Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. And so today is my, you know, the anniversary of my due date. Of your due date. <laughs> but my grandfather really wanted me to be named Valentina ah. because I was due on Valentine's Day. And my mother decided that she would compromise with him. And here's the compromise. If she is a girl, because of course they didn't know until I was born, if she's a girl and she has blonde hair and blue eyes, mm-hmm. I will name her Tina. But if she has brown hair, like my dad, because my mom is blonde, blue-eyed, my dad is was Italian, so dark hair, dark eyes. And so if she has dark hair, we're going to name her Elizabeth. Oh. So the name was totally dependent upon our coloring. And so my name is Elizabeth. My sister, who was born two years later with blonde hair and blue eyes, is named Tina. Okay. (laughs) And then there's Sheila. And then my brother, um, it was one of those things where if he um, had dark hair, he would be Anthony Robert. Okay. And if he had blonde hair, he would be Robert Anthony. So he was born with blonde hair. How funny. Isn't that funny? So that's how my mom decided the names of her children based on our hair coloring. She had a couple of names that's very picked cute. out. That's very cute. Um, yeah. So today's the anniversary of my due date. Okay. Well, that's funny that you even know that. I, I, The only thing that I know about my 
birthday <clears throat> is that they induced my mom early because the doctor wanted to go on a vacation. <laughs> so my suspicion is, is that May 21st wouldn't be when I would naturally have been born. Right. I would have been born maybe a week or two later. Later. Which would have put me right smack in the middle of being a Gemini. Because <laughs> people always say, well, you're on the cusp. You're not really a Gemini. Well, I, I pretty much am. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I always wanted to be, you know, most, most um, of the, of the, you know, what are they called? The, the horoscope. The horoscope. The, the signs, astrological yeah, signs. Astrological. The yeah. astrological signs. Most will say that I'm a Pisces because I am right there on the cusp. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was young really wanting to be an Aquarius because, I don't know, Aquarius was just, I don't know. There was the, the, age, the age of, of Aquarius. Aquarius. There was just a very hippie-like vibe about yeah. being an Aquarius. I and that. I was like, I totally want to be an Aquarius. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is, is I'm a water girl. So I think I'm a Pisces, and I was always meant to be a Pisces. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but there you go. <laughs> anyway, it's very, um, it's very interesting. And I, you know, as far as astrological signs and that kind of thing goes, I feel like if the if if there's a god and if there's a if there's a being that kind of created the entire universe well then why wouldn't all of that work together i would totally agree and so i think that there's lessons to be learned mm-hmm. from astrology for sure i do too i yeah. do too well i had an interesting experience so coming up growing up well not growing up but in my youth being involved in evangelical Christianity, the idea of having a tarot card reading was just like the biggest no, 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 no thing on the planet. Right. It's just, you know, evil and the devil and all that stuff is in, in, in all that. So I've never had a tarot reading until my daughter actually gave me one. Oh. So my daughter uh, got for Christmas a deck of tarot cards and and she's kind of learning how to do it um now she's not she's not a medium she's just a normal person who's learning about learning about learning about how to read the tarot cards and so she gave me my first reading and i'll tell you what it was really really interesting it was very eye-opening um it was pretty accurate yeah. Because it was more of like a, it was more, it wasn't like the card is telling you, so I drew the death card. Uh-huh. So the death card was in my, you choose, I think, I think I was six cards. Now, you know, for me, someone like me is like, oh my God, I'm going to die. That means, that means I'm going to die. And but the person who's a little bit hypochondriac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that would be, that's a scary card to draw. Because of my pre- preconceived notions of what that means. Right. But really what it means is what in your life needs to die. Right. So it's not you're going to die. Right. It's, That there's probably something that should be let, that you should let go of. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so it, it was, it was actually really, really interesting and really right on and um, not scary at all. And, no. and very... Just right. It was just, it was pretty dead on. Yeah. So anyway, I think that there's definitely things that, 
um, we can open our hearts and minds to a little bit that kind of expands our territory, yeah. if yeah. you will. It expands our thinking about something. We exactly. can be so narrow and so siloed. That's the, that's what well, we and, are. And, and there's comfort in silos. There, you know? For sure. But you and I, because of our um, experience in, in evangelical Christianity and all the things that you shouldn't do, and we've talked about that too. Right. You shouldn't do yoga. You shouldn't meditate. Yeah. All these evil things that really aren't evil at all, but yeah. can can totally be in conjunction with your faith. Absolutely. They can all work together, like you just were saying about astrology. Yeah, if God created the heavens, and if there's then why wouldn't you want to look to them? And why wouldn't he want to communicate with us through every single one exactly. of his creations, exactly. including the stars? Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, you know, do I think my horoscope, every time I read it, is exactly accurate? Probably not. <laughs> it's not always accurate, but sometimes it is. Some, well, know. yeah, and that's and that's our hearts and minds being open to exactly. receiving exactly. from that particular, yeah. And I can receive from... A, a you know a street sign. If I see a billboard up that says something that you know just kind of like might speak to you, might speak to me. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so when you're open to um, being educated or being um, moved mm-hmm. through any kind of medium, all of a sudden you realize that mediums out there are moving you exactly. And, exactly. and teaching you. Exactly. And there's yeah. really nothing to be afraid of. No. You know, oh, I can't listen to that. Because it's a yogi. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Right. Well, so what's on your heart today, Liz? I know that... I have been really wrestling with this idea of triangulation. Have you ever heard of that before we kind of talked a little bit? I have. I don't know that I could tell you exactly what it is, but I know that it has to do with unhealthy relationship and communication styles and those kinds of things. So triangulation is, the simplest way to describe it, is when you bring a third person into the relationship in order to justify how you're treating the person with whom you're in a relationship. So... I don't mean physically bring it in. It's not like we're having a, you know, a threesome. (laughs) It's not that kind of a... It's just saying, well, so-and-so thinks that I am doing this right and you don't. So you're wrong because I have the support of so-and-so. So when, when you do that, what you're doing is you are avoiding healing the relationship that you're in right now. So let me give you a couple of examples. Um, our former president was brilliant at triangulation. And so he used to say, you know, many, many, many people have told me that they really appreciate the job I'm doing and they oh. think that I'm doing a great job. Yeah. Many people, many, I've been told by many people. Many. Right. So what that does is that causes the people on the fringe, the people on the outside who maybe aren't agreeing with him, that causes them to just pause and say, well, maybe the problem is me. Maybe I'm not seeing him through the lens through which I should be seeing him. Mm-hmm. Maybe it the problem is mine. Right. And we also always want to be a part of a team. So if we are like, you know, a, a, a conservative Republican who all of a sudden finds ourselves not agreeing with the things that he would say and do, but we identify as a conservative Republican, 
now we say, oh, my group is leaving me. I need to get back in line with my group, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I want to be a part of that group. And so he used that to his advantage to get people to come on board and to, and to you know, think, oh, I need to be on board with this. Right. So that's how people use triangulation to manipulate others to think and do things their way. In a relationship, it can be a little bit more subtle. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. So in a relationship, it's like, you know what? I have a lot of friends and they all see what a good friend I am. And the fact that you don't see it means that there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how triangulation is used. I have a specific family member who has used triangulation to manipulate me. And the way she did that was exactly that, to say, I have a lot of friends. And, you know, they see me in this way. And the fact that you don't see me that way is your problem. And she has literally said those words to mm-hmm. me. And so now what am I supposed to do with that? Am I supposed to think, oh, well, the problem is me. I better, I, I, I need to see you through this all these Because all, these, other... all these other people love you. Or is she manipulating me and able to cause me harm through her words and actions, but somehow is defending those words and actions by saying, the problem is you. You know, so so now I'm put in a position where I have to think about, oh my gosh, what it what is wrong with me? Right. And and is what I'm thinking and seeing and feeling true? And and that's not that's not a fair place to be because the only relationship that matters between her and me is your relationship. Is the relationship between her and me. Yeah. I don't really care what her friends think or or do in relationship with her. Her relationship with, you know, Mary and her relationship with Sally and her relationship with Debbie and her relationship. Sure. That's not my business. No, absolutely not. You know, her relationship with me is what uh, is my business. Mm -hmm. And I want it to be as healthy as it can be. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she's pushing me aside and telling me that the problem is yours. And so it kind of got triggered by, you know, one of my triggers with my PTSD, um, is Christian music. And there's a lot of people out there like, wait, that what? But the reason is, is because of my years and years and years of involvement in the church choir and the church theater and all that kind of stuff. And that's where the pain, oh, if you hear something in the background, it's just, it sounds like a yard guy. It's a yard guy. Um, (laughs) it's a yard dude. But if you, um, but that's where my pain came from, was the the arts department at the church. And you know, a few years ago, your ex-husband, Greg, did this beautiful, beautiful play that I went to see, and it was about a pastor who was losing his faith. Yes. And, or rethinking his faith. Mm-hmm. It was so well done. It, it was, was really it beautiful. It was really well done. And he did a great job. It was job. called The Christians. The Christians. Mm-hmm. And so, it began with a choir coming That's down right. the aisles That's in the memory yeah, from the back of the house and walking down the aisle. Mm-hmm. And I started sobbing immediately, immediately. And I pretty much cried for the next two hours 
because what this pastor, this character that you're, that Greg portrayed, mm-hmm. this character that he portrayed was me. Yeah, he was speaking my yeah. heart, yeah, my words, my experience, mm-hmm. and I was so moved by that. And it was really a a touching performance, but it was also, you know, one of those little things that kind of begins to heal your heart a little mm-hmm. bit because you know that you're not alone. Yeah. Because you've got so many people saying, you're the problem. The fact that this beautiful music, that God is trying to speak through you th- through this music, right. and you're not receiving it, that's your problem. As opposed to, hey, this is triggering to me. And you know what? The God that I believe in, the 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 entity, the essence of who this God is that I have come to know in the last few years, is um, is not the same as the God that you know. Right. You know, I've just come to know, and it's not that it's a different God; it's a different aspect of the God that I was that I grew up with, the punitive God, the God that's going to send you to hell, mm-hmm. the God that loves you so much that he killed his own son right. so that you wouldn't have to die. Or the God that loves only these kinds of people. That only loves Republicans, the God that only loves straight white females and males. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is that is a God that I have you know, that I've turned my back on and I have gotten to know a different kind of God or a different God, you know, that's just more, so much more accepting and tolerant and loving and, you know, not so punitive. Mm -hmm. And so this, this idea of triangulation, I've realized has been used really my whole life because when I was 12, it was like, well, if you don't get baptized, you're not going to, you know, go to heaven. Right. You need to get baptized. It's a public profession of your faith, you know. And so you need to do this. You need to get baptized. And I'm like, well, I, I, I want people to know who I am. I want to publicly say who I am. So, okay, I'm going to get baptized, you know. And I, I went to a Christian school because... I thought that that's what I needed to do. I went to public school for one year and then public high school for one year. Yeah. And then I went back to my Christian school because I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think I want to be identified with this public school group. Right. I want to be identified with this Christians, with this Christians, with this, this particular group of people. And so I've realized that triangulation has really been like a, a tool that has been used to to direct me and manipulate mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. And what happens with triangulation, though, is that it leads to strangulation. Yeah, Triangulation always leads to strangulation. And it's a manipulative tool that is used by, I mean, I hate to say it, but mostly narcissists mm-hmm. who want you to do things their, their way. way. Right. So when my... You know, family member says, I have a lot of friends, and they all recognize my friendship. The fact that you don't recognize my friendship is your problem. And I'm thinking, but does your, do you tell your friends the kinds of things that you say to me? You know, do you say the kinds of things to me? Because if you do, then that's a friendship that 
I just don't need. I don't need to be that kind of a friend. But it's hard to it's hard well, to some, tell yourself that you are not the problem when you've got other people telling you that you're the problem. Right, right. I can only really think of, I can think of an example of that when I was in a relationship with somebody and this person would tell me all these things. I, it, this is kind of a reversal, but he right. he would say, you know, he would accuse me of, lying and doing these things and not being forthright and not being real and not being truthful and all this stuff. And I, and I had to really sit back and think, oh my gosh, I have, I mean, I'm this age and you're the only person that I can truly think of who's ever accused me of these things. Mm -hmm. I have all these other friendships. Yeah, I have a couple of friendships that kind of went down a funny path, but no one has accused me of being a liar and not telling all the truth and all these things, you know? Right. And so I'm like, so I, maybe I used it, I back used it him. back at him yeah, to say, hey, you're the only person who's ever accused me of these things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so he, it wasn't him who's saying, you're doing this and all these people see that you're doing this. Right. You know, it was, I flipped it on him. Right, right. Right. But that's what he would want you to believe. He would want you to believe that, that he was seeing something in you that other people just aren't telling you. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I exactly. And that's another kind of form of triangulation is when they are saying, you know, I'm the one with the wisdom. I'm the one that yeah. sees you for who you really well, are. Yeah. And you need to listen yeah, and, to me. And then that, then in that comes in the gaslighting. Well, you know, you've been doing that. You know, you didn't tell me the truth. Right. You know, you, you know what you were doing. And I'm like, whoa. Right. You know, and I, I just think that we are so desperate to be a part of a of a silo to be a part of a team mm -hmm. and honestly that thinking has become much more prevalent as far as I can tell in the last maybe 20 years than it was in the first part of my of my life and certainly looking back at history you know looking back at history think about Little House in the Prairie think about all of those people in this little town who were so different yeah yeah and yet they they found all the ways that they were alike and all the things that they had in common so that they could be good neighbors. Right, right. You know? Right. And, and we have lost the ability or even the need to do that because we can find our own silos and our own group. I have all these friends. I don't need you. Exactly. Well, that's so, not true. The truth of the matter is, is I do need you. And because you're different, because you have a different view, I need you. I need my mind to be expanded. I need my heart to be opened. Exactly. And spending time with people who are very different from us opens our mind and heart. It really does. It really, really does. And it's, it's, it's surprising how much you can learn when you do decide, okay, I'm going to sit down with a person that I don't know. I know that there are... Um, groups that meet. Um, I just read about it, and I'm not going to be able to recall what it was called, but it was like literally the the purpose was to find like Republicans and Democrats and to pair them up 
Yeah. Like to pair them up and and create relationship with people that you know going in have different differing opinions, but that each person goes in with an open mind and heart to really learn how to listen. And I don't know if there's a coach. I don't, you know, but, yeah. but, but yeah, I mean, it's too bad that we can't just have that everywhere. Right. Right. Those kind of groups that when you're, when you're in, when you're in eighth grade, we're going to do that. We're going to teach you how to. And, <laughs> and, you know, eighth grade, I mean, my gosh, speaking of that, I, I wish that we could teach students from early on. Right. You know, one of the things that we always tell kids is, you know, don't talk about politics or religion. Right. In a, you know, a polite person doesn't talk politics or religion in a, in a mixed company. Yeah. Well, how much better would it be if starting in elementary school and high school, when there's conflict, that we actually taught people how, how to, you know, debate, right. how to debate respectfully. And we have debate teams, but those are usually the smart, the brightest and the smartest right. of the group right. that then join a debate team, right. as opposed to just teaching debate to every single student, right? you know, and I do it with my theater students sometimes as I give them a script that they wouldn't, you know, that they wouldn't write for themselves. Right. Like I might give a script to somebody who is, hates vegetables, but I would give them a script about, you know, the, how delicious, how delicious broccoli the is. broccoli is and, and how amazing all these vegetables <laughs> yeah. are for your body. And they're like, I'm not going to say this. Well, that's the whole point of it is to to expand your heart and mind. You right. know, that's the great thing about theater. Right. So that you find yourself debating on the, the opposite side of where you normally right. would stand. Right. And sometimes I have some real breakthroughs with those high school students. Sometimes I'm I like, bet. I'm not gonna say this. I but bet you do. Yeah, though. but sometimes I do. Well and you never know you you never know either what even the kid who says, I'm not gonna do this I know. might remember later on you know five years down the road and they're in college now and something happens and they remember miss liz saying <laughs> you know you gotta you got you gotta look at the big picture or whatever you just you never know what little seeds i read this morning um there's a i believe it's islamic there's an like an islamic um tale of wisdom i'll say and it's about watermelons and when they would eat, when you eat a watermelon, they would typically eat the watermelon outside so that the little seeds could fall everywhere and make and make more watermelon plants. But that those little seeds, they're just inside of a watermelon. There's a zillion seeds mm -hmm. and they're going to drop and you don't know what they're going to do, you know. And so they use that watermelon kind of word picture for going through your life and, and implanting little seeds of wisdom as you where you where you walk where you tread yeah. you know and you know what's so funny is that in almost every faith tradition you can kind of find the same kind of story yeah. yeah and that's why when people say well the only truth is you know the bible and that's the truth that's that's truth and yet you can find these same little bits of wisdom mm -hmm. sprinkled in all kinds of faith traditions Absol absolutely and you know, and a lot of them date way before Christ. before Christ and Christianity has adopted things. There are things that Jesus said and things that are in the Bible that 
predate scripture. Exactly. And, you know, the Bible and the Bible tells a story about dropping seeds on, you know, the rock, yep. the, the fertile soil and, you know, the dry soil. And where is it going to grow? Exactly. And uh, that's exactly I think that that is a, a word picture that we just need to remember that when we're when we're having a conflict with somebody, the important thing is, is that we make sure that we're planting good seeds in that person. Yeah. And if they are difficult and they're not going to listen to you, and well, that's okay. Just sprinkle a little bit of acceptance and tolerance and love and see what happens. And try not to get mad. And try not to get mad. Try not to get defensive. Yeah. Try not to tell them, everybody else knows that, that I'm telling the truth. Why can't you? Yeah. I mean, just try not to try not to be defensive. You know, psychologists will tell you that the thing that we fight, the things that we fight against or fight for mm -hmm. are the things in our nature that we are battling. Yeah. You know, I've heard this. So, and I, I think we've even talked about that before, but you know, you see a politician who's like, we're going to put an end to a, a to a prostitution. We're going to make sure that the prostitutes are off the streets. And this guy's over here with a prostitute. Well, and you, <laughs> nine times out of 10, you find out that he has been arrested for prostitution or that he regularly entertains prostitutes. Right. Um, you know, the same thing, the guy, who's the guy that ran for office and was just constantly, you know, and it turns out he was pro-life and oh, all that, um, but um, from Georgia, and all, all of these women yeah. kept coming forward to saying, you know, he paid for my abortion. Yeah. He paid for my yeah, abortion. He was a younger guy. Yeah, well, he was a former football player, that guy. And then you've got George Santos, who's got elected, and you find out that every single thing he said was a lie. It's just, la it's laughable. It's to the point now where he's, he's just an absolute joke. Yeah. Even within his own party. He's just a joke. And he's so, a joke. I mean, talking of triangulation, so there's a, a video or an audio that's kind of been released where um, Mitt Romney, who of course is a, is a conservative well, mm -hmm, Mormon, and he's a Republican, he's from Utah, he, and he's a Mormon, and he's made a, he's made a deal, a big deal about his religious beliefs, right? And near as I can tell, he walks the walk. Mm -hmm. You know, he talks the talk and he walks the walk, near as I can tell. Yeah. But he actually said to George Santos, you don't belong here. This is not, you don't, you should not have won. You don't belong here. Yeah. And George Santos looked at him and said, that's not very Mormon of you. Well, that is a form of manipulation and triangulation. Here, Mitt Romney is saying something to him that he believes, and yes, his faith dictates what, he's, what he says, why mm -hmm, he believes mm -hmm, what he believes. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, George Santos turned it back on him and is like, oh, you know, are Mormons supposed to say those kinds of things? Right. That's not very Mormon of you. Well, that has nothing to has do. Nothing to has do. Nothing to do with whether or not he's telling the truth. But he is deflecting. He's deflecting. That's exactly what he's doing. And not, you know, and and turning it back on him. Yeah. And that is a that is a form of triangulation. You're calling on the the group. Mm -hmm. You're calling on the third party to say, you know, they wouldn't say that to me. Shame on you. Right. Well, you know. Right. So. I have just been thinking about why I get so frustrated when these kinds of things happen. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is, is that I want 
to make sure that I am not being a hypocrite. And I think to me, I look back at parts, times in my life when I know I've been a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. I know it. Okay. You know? Yeah. I mean, and I think because I'm human that I have been. I, sure. I mean, I, I think a lot of us have moments of hypocrisy I where think, we're like... I was just going to say it just like that. Yeah. There are moments where you do or say something and you realize, oh, that's, I, that's not what I stand that's for. Not what what, I that's not who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can look back at my life where I was so invested in the religious aspect of who I am that I wasn't treating people with this with the kind of kindness and acceptance and tolerance that you would want that I that I do today. Sure. Sure. And so it's I've learned this about myself. And so for me, when I see hypocrisy, it makes me crazy because I know that but for the grace of God, I know that I was once that person. Mm-hmm. I know that I could easily be that person again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I deal with inside of me is, God, I just don't want to be a hypocrite. Yeah, yeah. I want to say what I mean, mean what I say, and I want to expect the same kind of thing from others that I would do myself. Right. I don't want to expect something from others that I'm not willing to do. Right, right. And... Exactly. You know, that's something that I that I just am constantly questioning. Not am I am I am I sinning today? Am I eating the wrong thing? Am I exercising? Yeah. Am I doing this? Yeah. But am I being the kind of person that I profess to be? Am I really behind the scenes mm-hmm. saying and doing the things that yeah. I profess to be to be? And so that's what I am dealing with. And, so, and that's called integrity. I think so. And so when I see hypocrisy in other people, it's like, oh, I'm a good, you know, godly person and I'm a good Christian. And then I'm like, well, but you just told this lie to me and about me. Oh, Liz, you're so judgmental. Right. Well, I mean, I I have times in my life where I'll find myself saying something that comes off maybe judgy about a person's behavior. And then I have to go, oh, you know, 25 years ago, I did that. Mm. Right. Kind of stuff, you know? Exactly. And it's like, does that mean what, if you're looking at a person's behavior and you don't agree with it, does that mean you're uh, being a hypocrite because you know that you did something a long time ago that was similar? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so how do I have to sometimes reshape my thought of, okay, well, I don't agree with what that person is doing. I don't want to be judgmental. Because I know I found myself in that place. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you well, have I to like that... reshape it somehow. Well, I and guess. I do think that that's the whole idea of dancing with skeletons is you look back at your past and say, oh, oh my gosh, that was me yeah. 20 years yeah. ago. Yeah. And I recognize that all the lessons I've learned from that. So you know what? I'm just going to love you right where you are. Right. And, right. Um, you know, maybe someday you'll be at a different place. And maybe you won't, but that's okay. We're all on our same we're all on our journey. We're all on a little journey. On a little journey. Mm-hmm. And I see there's there's a man that I know who's very, um, very critical of how other people dress, 
especially when they come to church. Yeah, yeah. Why, why would you wear that to church? Uh-huh. You know, doesn't want to see young women dressed in short shorts or short dresses or, you know. And he's a man of a certain age who has a very strong opinion about the way women should dress. Mm-hmm. And so if I say to him, hey, that's kind of judgmental of you. And his response will be, that's my Christian faith. That's my faith. That's where, I, that's where I come from. I see that because of my faith. And I'm like, well, then don't wear short dresses. Don't right. wear short skirts. You know, it's your faith. Right. But, right. but he, he honestly believes, he truly believes that when he looks at other people, he's not being judgmental. He's just assessing through the lens through, of his faith. Uh-huh, right. You know? Right. Well, I mean, I get that. Yeah. I mean, because we all, we all judge through our own lens our own of lens. our own life and our own experience. And so I get that to a, to a certain point. Right. But it's when that's used as, well, I'm right and you're wrong. That's where the problem comes, Yeah, you know? Or you say something hurtful, like what if at church you went up to a young person who was wearing a you know, super short dress and neckline down to her belly button. And you went up and said to her, you know, that's not appropriate. Jesus wouldn't find that outfit appropriate. Yeah. Well, now what's going to happen? Is that young girl going to have the courage to say, I know my heart? Or is that young girl going to go, I'm never going back to church again? Yeah. You know, you just don't know what's what's going to happen. So it can be really, really damaging to another person. I know we really hear the, the yard work going on out there. I hope this is going to be okay for all yeah, of you. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it can, it can really damage another person's faith. Yeah, it really can. If, if you criticize them in that way, especially in a church environment where people are growing in their own um, faith mm-hmm. and at their own level. Well, I mean, it, it happens enough anyways and just in the world, kids being at school and yeah. even in elementary school it happens. And so, you know, the church especially should be a place where we don't do that. But unfortunately, it happens everywhere. Right. And I think, you know, kind of to wrap things up, I think getting back to what you said, you know, you want to... How, what is integrity and, you know, and the, this whole idea of triangulation and mm-hmm. not wanting to, to use other people to justify your behaviors and, you know, are you, what's the thing about, are you acting the same way in private as you are in public? In public? Yeah. Like, you know, I think a, a lot of, a lot of life and like just having peace, you know, inner peace is knowing that you are going to make the decisions that nobody's going to see or the ones that people will see that they're the same. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know what I mean? And I posted a little meme on social media the other day that I posted about four or five years ago and it came up as a memory, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this. And it's just this beautiful picture of these, this beautiful watercolor painting of these two women and they're facing each other and they both have these crowns made of flowers on their head. They just look so hippie, yeah, yeah, adorable, yeah. you know? And one of them has her hands on the other one's crown and it just says, be the woman who fixes another woman's crown without ever telling her it was crooked, mm. you know? And, and what I see in that is, you know, just be the woman who supports other people 
Yeah. And and doesn't have to tell the whole world, you know what I did? Yeah. I supported my friend yeah. because she was falling off track and her crown was crooked. But guess what I did? Yeah. I stepped in and fixed it. Right. You know, and there's just all we have to do is support one another. Yeah. All we have to do is love one another right where we are. Yeah. It's pretty simple when you think about it. If you if you can get past all the the bullshit. <laughs> it, it's pretty simple. It does feel simple. And, you know, the last thing I just want to say is, you know, a heart and mind is like an umbrella. It's only good if it's open. Yeah. You know, it only, it only keeps us uh, safe and warm and dry if it's open. That's true. And so an open heart and an open mind is actually a safe thing. Uh, you know, because it's kind of scary to have a closed mind and a closed heart. That's actually kind of scary because what if everything you believe falls apart? Right. But if your heart and mind are open, then there's always something Op- new and some new opportunities for growth and yeah. learning something new. Yeah. Well, now that we're done, the the noise has stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Tuesdays are garbage day. Oh. So yeah. Hmm. Huh. Something to think about. <laughs> Something to think about. Well, I hope that that wasn't too distracting to you because here's the thing. We just really, really want to uh, love you right where you are. Mm-hmm. We want to um, open your heart and mind to other things that you might have not thought about. Mm-hmm. And For triangulation sure. is just a manipulation tool that, that maybe you haven't considered but is pretty real and, and uses a lot. Well, and I think once you, once you become aware of of it, you'll you'll start seeing it. Yeah, I think you know yeah. you'll definitely start seeing it. So yeah. keep your eyes out. So yeah, so go right. to dancingwithskeletons.net. Mm-hmm. Communicate with us. Uh, we still we have wine glasses that are we on really, our website. Really cute are really wine glasses. Cute wine glasses. Um, go to dancingwithskeletons.net and you can see them there. Mm-hmm. Um, go to debbyrude.com and hear more about Debbie and her music. And mm-hmm. um, But anyway, we, we love you. And yep, very much so. Yeah. All right, see you next time. Happy Valentine's Day. Yes, bye.